Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my tomb till I met you. Come on, let's sing this out. I was breathing but not alive. lift this up to him. I needed rescue. My sin was heavy, but chains break at the weight of your glory. I needed shelter. I was an orphan. Now you call me a citizen of heaven.
my surrender. Yeah, give God some praise. You know, the reason that we surrender, we can offer everything up to God is because of what he did for us. He didn't just die and that was the end. He leaves us with a living hope alive in us. So let's continue to worship God with all that we have because of what he's done. How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the
that as a way to know our God. It says in 1 Peter 1, 3 through 9, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope. Not a dead hope, not a dead religion. A living hope from an alive God because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that's ready to be revealed in the last time. And so all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith is a greater worth than gold. Our God is alive and he has something for you today. So let's continue in worshiping him. church oh come on you can do better than that it's almost july 4th come on we're getting excited we're getting excited up in here i know it's hot i know it's muggy but it's nice and cool in here this morning it is so good to see you guys all the smiling faces out here at kentucky trail but i feel some smiling faces coming through the camera as well can we give a big shout to real life church online joining us digitally today Awesome. Go ahead, take some time. Say hello to your neighbor next to you. Give him a wave or a high five and go ahead and find your seat. taking your chairs, go ahead and pick up that connection card that's sitting there. We're going to talk about that for a minute. If you are new here this morning, first off, welcome to Real Life Church. My name is Brandon. I serve here on the connection team. Would love to get to know you out in the hub following the gathering. Uh, but we have this connection card for everyone in the room. And if you are new, I'd encourage you, check that first time or second time here box and fill out as much as you feel comfortable. What that is going to do, it's going to allow us as a church to reach out to you to give you more information about who we are at Real Life. If you do call Real Life Church home, there's a spot for you here as well. Check that regularly attend box, and we have some next steps as you go through the, the card as well. Also, there's a spot there for prayer requests. We will be collecting these later as the giving buckets pass, so we can be praying for you this week. Well, we are a church on mission here at Real Life, and that mission is to see people far from God discover their real life and purpose in Jesus, because we all are living this life, this real life, and we all have a purpose, whether or not we know it yet or not. And so we're in this series right now called That We May. And maybe some of you are, are struggling finding that purpose. Maybe you're even 
wrestling a little bit with God, with yourself, with some of the issues that we all deal with, well, we have a really powerful story today. Um, our own Dan Bray is going to come up and share what his story is like, been wrestling with God and how he has overcome it. So let's give a big real life welcome to Dan Bray. The anticipation is building. Good morning, Real Life Church. How is everyone this morning? What a, what a wonderful morning. You know, I get to continue on in the series, uh, That We May, or if anyone is here last week, we got That, that, that We May June. That, that, that We June, you got it. That, some people had to hear that twice. <laughs> anyway, uh, I just want to thank everyone for being here. Um, I want to give a shout out to my wife for just always supporting me and uh, encouraging me. She left me, she left me this nice little note this morning. It starts with "zip your pants." <laughs> we're good, but uh, she didn't even know we were going to be reading Acts today, you know. And, and she left me a, a verse. It says, "Keep watch over yourselves and over the flocks of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers." Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood, Acts 20, 28. Just, thank you, baby. That really just gave me encouragement this morning to get up here. You know, I, I think a lot of times I got to, oh, we got to get on stage now. But you know what? In the words of Chris Hodges, I get to do this. I get to come up here and preach the word of God and just, just I just hope everyone receives the word today. Um, Let's get to where we need to be here. Um, let's get started. Uh, Sean asked me if I would speak today, and I was sitting there wondering, I'm like, well, what would I speak on? What am I going to talk about? And it, it dawned on me, I've already, I've already been studying on it for the, the past month. We've been in the book of Acts on the Saturday, Saturday morning devotional, if you all get it. Um, and I thought, who is, who's better to show the amazing transformation that takes place when God gets a hold of you, then Paul the Apostle. I mean, what an amazing story of how God can take a man and completely change the direct trajectory of his life and his story. And it makes me reflect on my own life and shows me the, the transformation that God has done within me. From who I was in sin to who I am in Christ to what Christ is doing in my life and also to, to those around me because of what he's done within me. See, like so many others in the Bible, I believed in God. I would even say I had one step up on Paul because I believed in Jesus my whole life. Uh, Paul, Paul or Saul rejected Christ, but he believed in God. Um, I want us to see today that God transforms us. He opens our spiritual eyes, and if we are willing, he shows us the way, a new way, sometimes a way that we never thought we would find ourselves in. As we read through this today, I want us all to imagine ourselves in the shoes of Saul. 
Yes, we all have a different story, but we all to the same resolve. That resolve is God wants to transform each one of us. So let's start with a short backstory of Saul. He was a Pharisee. He was a, a man of God, really. He was a devout man. He, he believed in the same God we believe in, but he didn't believe in Jesus Christ. He was an up-and-coming star among the Pharisees. You could even say he lived an honest life. Most of us would have said he was a good man. Most would have said he was definitely a godly man. But like so many of us, before his hearts were transformed, he was completely missing what God was trying to do. So let's start in on Acts. Acts chapter 8, verse 1, where Saul's true colors start to show because of his blindness to Jesus. Stephen's been preaching to the Pharisees and the religious leaders. Stephen was one of the first anointed to go out he was one of the first disciples, disciples, I guess you could say. And uh, he was preaching to the Pharisees and, uh, and, and preaching just like Jesus was. And when he preached to them, he, they all wanted nothing to do with what he was saying. It infuriated, infuriated them to the point where they started gnashing their teeth at him and drug him out to stone him. Uh, Acts chapter 8, 1 verse 3 says, that Saul was in hearty agreement with putting him to death. And on that day, a great persecution began against the church in Jerusalem. <clears throat> and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Some devout men buried Stephen and made a loud lamentation over him. And it says, but Saul, Saul didn't stop there. He began ravaging the church, entering house after house, and dragging off men and women who, who he would put them in prison. So here we have Saul, the man, the, the, Saul with blood on his hands. But it gets worse. He doesn't stop there. He sets his sights on the Christian church. It sounds pretty bad. I want us all to put ourselves right there. Put ourselves in the position of Saul, you know, he... He's doing something. He thinks he's doing right, but he, he's blinded. He can't see what God's really trying to do in his life, or he, he just can't see Jesus. He's blinded. Maybe we don't see ourselves in the same context as Saul because we're not murderers and we haven't been persecuting the Christian church, but we have all put ourselves in the position of where we have stumbled. The mistakes we have made, Things in our lives we are ashamed of, but at that time we were in the act of doing them, we made excuses for ourselves. Many of us self-justified ourselves. Or maybe we knew exactly what we were doing. Maybe it was drugs. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's sex outside of marriage. Maybe it's infidelity. Maybe it's homosexuality, pornography. Maybe it's hatred towards someone. Maybe it's wishing bad things on someone. Slander, fits of rage. Maybe we harbor unforgiveness. Maybe for many of us, it's just flat out pride. Our hearts know what it is and God knows what it is. Maybe if we really look at it, we're not so different from Saul after all. God sees our sin as sin. No matter what it is, big, small, even just the slightest sin separates us from God. 
And as we are going to learn today, if we are willing to let God change our hearts, none of it is, is unforgivable. We must turn from the sin that separates us from God. Many of you know my backstory. Many, some of you don't. Uh, I was a big party animal. I liked to go out, cut a rug, and do it again the next weekend. Um, you know, drugs, alcohol, girls, you name it. There, there was no, no filter, per se. And when I think back, and I see where I was, and I see what God is doing now, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. I'm grateful that I'm not up to the same old things. It's almost as if that party life I love so much seems wrong now. Transformation right there. It seems boring. But I see what God does. That's what God does. He transforms us. He takes away that old sinful nature. If we are just willing to surrender it to him. And as we are going to read, he creates real purpose in us. Let's continue on. Let's see what God is getting ready to do in the life of Saul. Acts 9. Now Saul, still breathing threats of murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked for letters from him to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, both men and women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And as, and as he was traveling, it happened that he was approaching Damascus and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him and he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Could you imagine? You just got blinded. You're hearing voices and you have to question that. Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and it will be told to you what you must do. Other translations say, it says, Saul, why are you kicking against the goads? Which means, why are you going against the way I'm trying to direct you? Why are you ignoring the nudging of the Holy Spirit? Could you imagine? I try to put myself right there. That moment, that, mo that moment when he knew he was had, and I got to hand it to Saul, it only took him once. It only took him once. It only took him once to say, I'm done kicking against the goads. I'm done going against your will, God. I'm done trying to live my life the way I have been living it. Now, I didn't, now, I didn't have Jesus blind me on a dirt road, but there were times when God was trying to direct me. God was trying to show me the way, and I knew it. And I still kicked against the goads. I remember being on my knees in a jail cell asking God to get me out of that situation, and he did. But I still wouldn't surrender my whole heart. I went right back, right back to what I, I said I wouldn't do anymore. I remember countless times being in bad situations and saying, God, I'll change. I'll really change this time. But once I was through the storm, I went right back to my old ways. 
I remember a time I heard Jesus speak to my heart, and I knew it was him telling me to turn my direction. But I didn't listen. Saul was at that point of having to make that decision. That decision of who he was going to serve from that day forward. Sometimes God, sometimes God has to use extreme tactics to get our attention. For Saul, he blinded him. Acts 9. The men who traveled with him stood up speechless, hearing the voice but not seeing one. Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could not see anything. And leading him by hand, they brought him to Damascus. And he, and, and he was there for three days without sight. He neither ate nor drank. God blinded Saul, but he got his attention. See, God took away everything that was distracting Saul. I want everyone here today to ask themselves, ask your heart, what's distracting you? What is distracting you? What's distracting me? He took his sight. He got him alone, and he went to work on his hardened heart. Saul was at his best when he was physically at his worst. We need to look to God in all our storms. And whatever we're going through, what is God showing us? What, is he, what direction is he nudging us? What is he trying to change within us? It actually says in 2 Corinthians, wearing a shirt today, didn't know it was coming. <laughs> and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. He says, most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ may dwell within me. Therefore, I am well content with weakness, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, for when I am weak, I am truly strong. That's how God works. That's how God transforms us. He doesn't work alongside with our pride. The proud heart has no room for Jesus. So he breaks our pride in sometimes very extreme ways. But those extreme experience, experiences are what he uses to get our attention. I can imagine a man like Saul being humbled by God. Everything he thought he knew, everything he thought he was doing, all crashes down on him in complete darkness. But that's when he knew where to turn. That's when he started to go the direction the Holy Spirit was nudging him. This is where we see a new beginning for Saul. That conversion from what Saul was doing with Saul to what Jesus was doing in Saul. Acts chapter 9, verse 10. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and, and he said, Here I am, Lord. 
And the Lord said to him, get up and go up the street called Straight and inquire to the house of Judith for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming, come in and lay hands on him so that he might regain his sight. Then Ananias answered, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he did to your saints at Jerusalem, and I hear he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But Jesus said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and sons of Israel. You see, God has plans. Nothing, and I mean nothing, is too big for God. When God has his hand in it, nothing is too big. This series is all about God's transforming power. And this is the beginning of it for Saul. But I look at what God has done in so many lives in the Bible. Moses, a murderer. Saul, a murderer. Peter, a coward. Thomas and his disbelief. Jacob. Then there was Jacob. Jacob's a deceiver a liar, a cheat, a man who ran for his life because of his dishonesty, even though God had made a promise to him. They all have this one thing in common. There was a point of reckoning, a point where he decided that we are going to put our trust in Jesus. Point. We all need to come to that point. When do we get to that reckoning point? How do we get to that reckoning point? Is it going to take something extreme? Or are we just going to give it over? Genesis 32. Jacob is in a bad spot. He is scheming and trying to find a way to get control of the situation he's in. There goes the hand thing. <laughs> Even though at this point he knows he has been blessed by God, but nonetheless he is putting his faith in himself and not in God. And I want to make this point in the scripture because we have all been there. And we will all continue to be there in different situations. We all want control. Jacob wrestled with God. We, on a day-to-day -day basis, wrestle with God. And again, God does something drastic in Jacob to Jacob to make him change his direction, just like he does with us. Genesis 32, 24 reads, Then Jacob was left alone, and a man, that being God, wrestled with him until daybreak. 
when he saw that he had not prevailed against him, he touched the socket of his thigh. So the socket of Jacob's thigh was dislocated while he wrestled with him. See, that dislocation represents that moment. That moment that we see clearly that God is in control. We see that we have been scheming our own ways to dictate the outcome of the direction we want to go. Then he said, let me go, for dawn is breaking. But he said, I will not let you go until you bless me. Do you see? That's us. That's believers. That is us holding on to those strongholds in our lives. And we are wrestling with God over them, but you, but you see suddenly, like Saul, God does something to weaken us. That point of clarity only comes because of our less than satisfactory weakness that God has caused to or allowed to happen. That moment of sanctification where God changes something in our hearts, then we begin to see that we should, shouldn't be doing it on our own. We shouldn't be wrestling to get away from that situation, to get away from God, but instead what happens with Jacob, with Saul, with Moses, with all of us, as imperfect as we are, we see the need to hold on to Jesus. And when God says, let me go, we need to be at that point where we say, no, I get it now. I've been running. I've been wrestling to get away. Something hurts, my hip hurts. Something bad's happened over here. Something bad's happened over here. Something bad happened to me. I did something bad to you. I'm doing things I shouldn't do, but I'm running. I'm wrestling to get away. We need to hold on. Hold on. I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. I'm not going to let you go until you put my heart on the right path the path that's in your direct will, not my own. That's when we know God is directing our path. That's when we begin to let him in. That's when our eyes are opened. That's when we can be that instrument that God created us to be. That's when we are transformed. God wants to transform us going to turn back to Acts chapter 9. <laughs> so Ananias departed and entered the house and after laying hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you were coming has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. There fell something from his eyes like scales and he regained his sight and he got up and he took food and was strengthened 
What are we doing with that gift? That gift we received? The Holy Spirit. What is God showing you? I believe when we receive the, when we receive the Spirit, something like scales does fall from our eyes. We begin to see things the way God wants us to see them. What is he showing you? What kind of instrument are you? Sean said, I don't know, how, I don't know why I always get up in my fields up here. <laughs> Sean said, talk about what God's doing in your life. Thank God. Thank God for what he's doing in my life. It's amazing. I can't even see what I'm reading. <laughs> All these things we see people doing in the ministry and we say, that will never be me. Then we stop wrestling to get away. Then we give in. Then we hold on. Then our eyes are open. Then we see the path. Not the path that's in front of us, but the path that's directly under our feet. What is God doing in my life? I remember the day after I surrendered my heart to Christ, like truly surrendered. I woke up in a heap of trouble, trouble I created, but I came clean about my lies and my deceit and the things I was doing to my wife. And it wasn't going well for me in that aspect. I was in a heap of trouble. But I knew all that was over. I knew my life was forever changed. I remember in the midst of all of, of, of all of it, feeling new. It really hung over new, but feeling completely new. My wife asked me to take our friend up to a car. was kind of explaining to her what had happened the night before because I was with her but she had gone to bed and I remember telling her you're getting ready to see some amazing things I didn't know what I just knew I was changed I knew I was transformed I knew God had done something big next step was I couldn't see the path in front of me but I knew the path that was under my feet was the path God was in control of now Since then, God 
places I never thought I would be in. He's put me in situations. Put me in situations I never thought I would see. He has given me opportunities I never thought I would have. He's granted me a ministry. It's the ministry that he has always wanted for me. We're chosen instruments. What ministry does he want for you? I know you have one. We all have one. <laughs> now I'm holding on. I'm holding on to what God has for me. Not what I have for myself. <laughs> I'm going to close on this. I want us all to ask ourselves this whole week, maybe every day, the rest of our lives. I mean, really meditate on it. What are you wrestling with God about in your life right now? Are you wrestling to get away? Are we wrestling to get our way? wrestling to hold on to God and surrender to his way ask yourself again what kind of instrument are you let's all bow our heads <laughs> maybe some of us today hearing this message are feeling the nudging of the Holy Spirit. Maybe we've been ignoring it. Maybe some of us today have been wrestling to get away from God, to get our own way. But today, today you're done wrestling. Today, you want to wrestle, hold on to Jesus. If that's you today, would you raise your hand so I can pray over you? Father, Lord, I just pray for everyone here today who raised their hand or didn't raise their hand. Lord, that we're all wrestling. Lord, uh, change that, that part in our heart that wants to get away from you. Lord, and, and may, may that change transform us into that part that holds on, holds on tight and won't let you go. Lord, just I pray for blessings over everyone, Lord Jesus to stop running because your way is better. <laughs> Maybe there's some of you here today that have been wrestling but you haven't known why. You haven't known what you're wrestling because you don't know who Jesus is or you've heard of Jesus but you've never accepted him. But you feel the Holy Spirit nudging on you today to hold on. If you're here today and you've never accepted Christ and you're feeling that nudging, I would like to pray with you. If that's you here today, would you raise your hand? Raise your hand if you want to accept Christ right now. 
this prayer with me. Dear Father, Lord, Lord, I've been living my life my own way. There's been this emptiness, this emptiness in me, just nothing can fill it. But I see today that nothing can fill it but you. Lord, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I lay my sins at the cross to be covered by the blood. I will follow you from this day forward and every day. You are my Christ, my King, my Savior. And I will live for you. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, welcome. Welcome to the family of God. You are now brothers and sisters. Thank you, everyone, for dealing with my crying. <laughs> I'll try not to do that to second service. <laughs> man, uh, wow, that was loud, sorry. Yeah, this verse, man, declaring the praises of him, right? And we all have a story, and you're like, well, my story's not Dan's story. Well, it's your story. And all we do is just get out of the way. And like Dan said, he's a, he's a new man. He's changed. He went from party Dan to Jesus Dan. Come on, somebody. And he's just pointing people to Jesus. And uh, he's made just incredible strides in his life. And, you know, I was talking to somebody earlier. He, he, he's an anomaly. We're all anomaly know Jesus. I mean, it's, it's just unreal. Now we get to say, thank you, Jesus. And he's running his circles, and you're called to run in, in your circles. And, and today, I think so many of us uh, kind of get you wrapped up in all the stuff and just step back, okay, God, you got this. Like, I don't have a degree. I'm not called to all these things. Maybe these guys are, but I'm called to live on mission for Christ. And so I don't know so many guys are here that are a result of uh, really the ministry Dan's have, just point people to Jesus. And so I'll say thank you, Dan, for just saying yes to Jesus. Maybe at the 50th knock of the door, come on, somebody. But you said you said yes to Jesus. And that's what God's calling you. I believe God's pursuing us and wants us to say yes to him. I know some of you guys made that step today. It's like that uh, Damascus Road experience about Paul being just focused on Jesus. He was blinded and all distractions are gone. Maybe today uh, was your day where you said yes to Jesus for the very first time. And I would encourage you, uh, your brothers and sisters in Christ, your family, and uh, we'll help you on those next steps. It's so easy to kind of say, I'm going to do this on my own and be self-made. I don't want to let people know that I got problems and I don't have it all together. I kind of encourage you to check that stuff at the door. Amen. You say, man, I'm just going to pursue Jesus. Nobody has us all together, and so we just pursue the one that does. And so we have a gift for you. We have a free book. We want to mail to you. Uh, more importantly, we have a relationship with you and to help you get connected to the things of God. And so if you can, that connection card, just check that box. Say, give me life to Jesus, uh, and turn that in, and uh, we'll be more than glad, excited for you. I just God just bless us with new believers all the time and just to help you on the next step of Jesus. You know, Dan really talked about this idea of wrestling, and uh, I was so glad he didn't call me on stage today uh, to wrestle. Um, but we are wrestling God in so many ways. There's always part of our lives that maybe have locked away from God and maybe try to run and do our own our own way and just turn to God and say, I'm holding on to you. And I think of Paul and uh, that he says this, he says, Christ has held on to me, but I have not yet attained what Christ has held before. And so I press to the mark of the high calling of God and just runs towards Jesus. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to lay ourselves down and, and at the altar as an offering to God. And, uh, and, and you know, it's God that works inside of us. And, uh, and really the reality is this, is um, some of us maybe stop on that road of growing closer to Christ. Uh, maybe you saw a Christian leader or you got stuck in, on something and we just kind of 
stagnate as Christians. A lot of people at churches just kind of sit. I would encourage you in this season, I've got a next step for all of us as we're talking about holding on to Jesus. Uh, we have a, a very simple four-week thing, and, and it's it's a very helpful class. It's called Know God. And it's interesting because as a pastor and a leader, I get to sit in a little different seat. And I get to watch the sheep come on somebody. I get to see where everybody's at. And um, we have a lot of young believers in our church. Um, a, lot, a lot of people struggle with their faith. And I see a lot of cards come in with kind of the same stuff. And I just want to encourage you guys, um, man, to wrestle down God. Like if he's holding on to you, you better hold on to him. He's, he's giving you a path and a purpose. And so if you're questioning your salvation, if you're not sure you know Jesus, if you're not really sure if the Bible's real, if you've got questions of doubt or faith or just the basic tenets and you're just kind of maybe struggling, man, I don't really know all this stuff. I would encourage you on the 16th, I know it's a few weeks out, but can you just commit to the fact of just showing up and saying, hey, my soul needs this. Like I want to go a little deeper with God. Um, I just know as a church, like we can't stay uh, we, all, we all get saved and, and become heretics. Come on, somebody. We don't know everything. Uh, we don't say all the stuff, stuff right. We don't know enough of God. But we, we can't stay there. Uh, you may not know yet, but you can know. And we got people willing to show you. And so I would encourage you, get, get in this thing. Get, get a part of a group. And uh, this No God class is, is super helpful, especially you guys that may just struggle with your faith. I see a lot of the cards. I pray over all the cards. I see the same, oh, man, I'm, I'm not sure, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. Hey, you can know for sure, Amen. Uh, we can just show you right from the Bible. So I know it's, I'm kind of preaching the choir on some of you guys, uh, but I know a lot of our church, we're just at that spot. We need to get a little deeper with God. So I'd encourage you, 16th, four weeks, probably the best decision you're going to make. And just get those questions answered. We're more than willing to help you grow with Jesus. Uh, we got a lot of awesome stuff coming up. we got a New Year Social coming up on the on the 9th, so two Sundays. If uh, you're kind of newer to, to our church, you're like, man, I can see myself putting some roots down. I want to know some, some deeper stuff, maybe meet some leadership. What's the church about? I would encourage you to come on out. It's about 45 minutes uh, after the second gathering on the 9th. And just a chance to meet our leadership and really explore our church. And I would encourage you to be a part of that. Uh, on the 9th as well, we got something very special. Uh, we're launching one of my favorite series we do all year. It's called At The Movies. Come on, somebody. I know you guys love this series. It's an awesome one. Uh, we got a little popcorn. We turned this place into a, really like a movie theater and uh, popcorn and soda. But what's really cool is you, we get to pull these gospel truths out of uh, what Hollywood and Netflix and other people put together and really point to Jesus. And so I would encourage you, man, be inviting friends to that series. It's a really easy invite, um, but we don't water it down. Uh, it, it's interesting because we'll do this at the movies and there's other guys who are like, oh, these guys are watering things down at the movies. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. We are not watering down the gospel with this. Matter of fact, I think it's like, you know, Mars Hill, right? Like here's like the unknown God. And it's like, hey, let me show you Jesus through these movies. And so it's just really cool. So that's going to be four weeks. So just be, plan on bringing people to that. This is a great opportunity to invite somebody. Super easy plug. Um, this uh, Today is Promotion Sunday. And so all your kids jumped up. We got some ice cream parties. So they're going to come back a little crazy. Um, and then tonight, if you got sixth graders, make sure to bring in the Real Life Youth. 6 p.m. Real Life Hope Center. Uh, it's going to be an awesome night. And so I want to encourage you guys. Thank you for generosity. It's really you guys move the mission forward. I don't know if you guys know the stats of the American church, but 80% of churches are on the decline. Uh, most churches are, are, are losing attendance, losing ground with the gospel. And it's because you guys' generosity, you guys' faithfulness of bringing people to Christ, showing people Jesus, uh, really gets to move the mission forward. And so our church is a growing church. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Uh, but it's because of you guys that play that, that difference. So I encourage you to call life home. I mean, play a part of the story of generosity. I know all you guys are different levels, but it's simply just saying, I'm trusting you, Jesus. We just ask you to give as, as God uh, puts on your heart to give. Uh, God loves a cheerful giver, so we're not going to twist somebody's arms. Amen. 
You're not going not gonna, to, uh, you know, what, what they call it, uh, fleece the flock, you know. Um, and so the reality is you just give generously as God puts on your heart. But we use that to make a difference and see souls come to Christ every single week. Discipleship is, is on our hearts and really just really bring the gospel around the world as well. So I would encourage you, man, be a, be a part of that. If you're new today, church is free. Amen. I want something from you. I want something for you. And so today, I'll ask you to turn that connection card in as a buck has passed. Even if you're uh, coming to church regularly here in real life, I'll ask you, man, put your name on there. Check the box, I regularly attend. Uh, it helps us pray for you guys, follow up with you guys. Uh, I turn mine every week. I actually take little prayer request notes on there, remind myself. Come on, somebody. I don't carry my phone, so I could do that. Um, but I'll invite you guys, if you need help, uh, food, clothing, shelter, man, taking loose cash out you see, and just use it for you and your family in this time of need. Uh, at this time, we got a video. Uh, this is a couple years ago at youth camp, down at the lake house, the same place. Uh, this is what God did. Uh, this is a little bit of fun you're going to have, so check this out. person or a friend in your life who has a teenager, just take this as your formal invitation to come and have them hang out with us at youth camp. We promise to send them back alive. Um, it's a ton of fun. They'll get to come and experience, obviously, all of the lake fun. We have a lot of games that we have planned. They can connect with maybe some friends they already know, some new friends. But most importantly, this is really an opportunity for them to step away from life, to step away from maybe just sitting on their phone, mindlessly scrolling through TikTok videos, uh, maybe the stress that they have in their life, and just to have an experience 
with God. It's an opportunity for them to really get to dig into what God has for them in their life. Um, so if you have not yet thought about maybe sending your kid to camp, I want you to take this as the encouragement and the exciting um, opportunity that you have to send them to get to come and hang out with us. I know as a parent, summer is really busy a lot of times. We think that it's winding down, but we have kids in sports. Maybe you're dropping, dropping them off to different activities. You have them in other camps, maybe sports camps, scout camp, whatever it is. But I promise you, you will not regret spending money and taking the time to send them to something that's going to help them grow, not physically, but spiritually as well. So this is the end of July. We're going to take four days down at Sean's Lake House, hopefully not ruining things or breaking things. It's going to be a really great time. Um, it's a $50 deposit that's due by July 1st. Um, you guys can get on our website, go to reallifechurchkc.com, go to our events tab, and you can um, find out all the details there and sign up. I will be available afterwards if you guys have any questions. I um, want to just talk a little bit more about what camp might look like for your own students. Um, we will also have someone up here to pray with you if you guys have prayer requests or any specific needs like that. And as always, don't forget, whoever finds Jesus discovers real life and purpose. See you guys later.